Hello, hello, and welcome to the Rock Metal Podcast. I'm your host, John Harris, and today on the Rock Metal Podcast, we have Shun, and they have a new album, which released on June 4th via Smallstone Records, called Shun, self-titled. Uh, and right now, I'm being joined by Matt to share us some more information about what is going on in this record, what's going on in the band, what's going on in the world. Uh, so, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks very much. Happy to be here. Absolutely great to have you on now. One of the reasons I love having bands like yourself on is because I immediately jump into kind of like a gear talk and go, man, how did you guys get this sound on the record? Because it sounds out of control, but you're in control of it. Wow. Um, Yeah, that's a good question. So we recorded this under a lot of COVID constraints. So we had initially gone in to just record a demo going into our practice space to record a demo for us to hear and sort of see what we had. Mm -hmm. And we recorded six songs. We played live, recorded the drums and the bass. And then a few days later is when all the lockdowns and everything started happening. So, um, so three of us kind of have some recording gear at our houses just from prior experience. And we said, okay, we finally had a little bit of momentum. Let's just finish it at home. And we just sort of made do. So I'm not nearly as a gear nerd as our other guitar player, Scott, is. Uh, so I have a JCM 800 mm-hmm. that I played in my bedroom, cranked it. So I had clearly some forgiving neighbors. And I don't think I touched the dial. In fact, uh, I didn't even have a microphone. This is kind of funny. Uh, I didn't have a microphone stand that would reach down to the speaker that I wanted to mic. So I actually tied it to a boot. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, maybe that's the secret sauce. I don't know. You've heard it right here, right now, everybody on the rock metal podcast. The secret sauce is a boot. I probably shouldn't tell anybody that, but too late, too late now. Uh, I was actually just thinking, okay, well, why did it work or how did it work? Well, the boot is going to absorb more than the mic stand will, which will actually reflect. If you think of it that way. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I mean, shouldn't be a problem. Most of the music we hear is using mic stands, but there are, if you listen close enough reflections because of all the little metal pieces, you know, mm-hmm. coming yes. in. Yeah. That's exactly why I made that uh, creative choice there. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Minimize reflections in an already untreated room. I thought of all that. <laughs> yeah. Now the JCM was also cranked. So there probably didn't even matter that you were in an untreated room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I have some very, like I said, some some neighbors that were very accommodating, as well as the rest of my family that put up with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did the ceiling come down at all? Anything in the, any permanent damage in the room? <laughs> no permanent damage. No. That's good. Um, I have been in a situation in a practice space. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say our other guitar player. He's more of a. He tinkers more, and he's got. Uh, I don't even know what he used on this. I think at the time he was playing an orange and a, uh, a Fender Bassman. Mm. And he has a lot of pedals and tweaks that I just am more of a plug and play uh, kind of person. So, Yeah. Crank it and don't ask questions. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah, I was going to say I've, I've been in a room where we cranked a Marshall once and the ceiling started to come down. So we had to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, so that went into the record. So that's that's really unique. So you guys started off just thinking, oh, we'll record, record some demos just to hear ourselves back, hear where we're at, so yeah. on and so forth. 
which is super smart. And then because the pandemic hit, so I'm guessing this must have been like what, March, April 2020? This was March, yeah. Then you guys are just like, well, we've already started. And I guess you guys decided that the songs sound great. You're better. Did it like surprise you? Like, hey, we actually sound like a band. It kind of did, to be honest. And and I finished guitar and Scott finished his guitars. So then we had kind of a bass line. And I said, well, I'm going to try some vocals. And uh, and I think that's that was sort of a defining moment because we weren't bound by the constraints of a studio in terms of time and, and money. And so I just kind of thought about it. I had nothing else to do. And I was at home all the time. And I would just, uh, as I had ideas, I would run up, record it, see what worked. And then, then I just kind of blasted through. And we did a few songs. And we thought, hey, this sounds, uh, I'm kind of excited about this. This is, this is, uh, this is fun. And then I uh, sent a copy to a friend of mine that plays uh, in that band, Lamb of God, um, and he and I was like, "Hey, man, I wish you were you were closer, because I've got this one metal song, and uh, it's kind of a metal-ish song, and I would love just a blazing like technical solo that's not at all what I do. It's not what Scott does, and it'd be good to have your guidance." And and uh, he said, "Well, send it to me." And I sent it to him, and then he said, well, "Do you mind if I just play it?" And I was like, "Well, okay, sure." <laughs> <laughs> I have a boot. Uh, I'll come over with the boot. It'll be okay. Use a boot. Yeah. And. Uh, I, <laughs> To trust me on this, yeah. and so he sent that back, and it was pretty cool. And then I um, then I sent some songs to Jay Robbins, who has a really cool studio in Baltimore, and I said, "Hey, would you mind? Um, would you be interested in, in mixing our demo?" And he said, "Absolutely." And he sent back a test song, and we were just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this!" Uh, he had everything just placed perfectly, and. And we heard things that we didn't even know were there, for better or for worse. <laughs> and uh, and so we just kind of went with it. And then I sent it to Scott from Smallstone. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I, uh, I really like this. Um, I'd like to put it out if you write three more songs. Right. So then right. at that point, we switched to full-on remote writing and recording via Dropbox and a lot of text messages. <laughs> <laughs> and some carrier pigeons and smoke signals. Exactly. Change yeah. it to major. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, very cool stuff. So it sounds like there was quite a bit of, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here. I don't know if I call it divine intervention. Maybe just the right time for all this happened in a space of time where it didn't seem like anything was going to be happening. Yeah, exactly. And and we don't say that sort of thing very often. You know, we're often the, at the end of a lot of bad luck. And so, dare I say, everything just kind of aligned and, and we, we made it through. So, yeah. Very cool. Definitely been there myself with some uh, other bands recently that were chatting about uh, going on to a record label and they have a song or two. And I mentioned they're probably going to want a few more. Uh, and then I uh, connect them and they chat with some record labels and they come back and they say, yeah, you were right. They want an EP at least kind of thing to, to get started with. Um, what was that like though for you guys? You said you started getting into some writing. Um, did you guys have, I don't know, what's the question I'm looking for? A concept in mind for what you were going to create? No, not at all. Um, it happened really fast. I think at that point, even though we weren't together, we sort of felt, um, some momentum and some creative, uh, juices were flowing, I guess. And, and we wrote one song, I mean, probably in 10 minutes, uh, wrote one song 
and then another, and then the last one sort of did come together at the more at the last minute. But yeah, it really wasn't that hard. A little frustrating, you know, via text message and not being able to hash things out in the practice space. But um, but yeah, it was it was fun. Cool. All yeah. right. Now, what else was I going to ask? Um, this track. So actually, speaking of one of the ones you wanted to chat about, actually, was he switch, uh, Mark? That's the guitar solo track. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So take us through that track then. Is it an oddball track? Is it like a black sheep track? Kind of. Um, so this is one of the earlier songs. And really, uh, Scott, our other guitar player, he plays a lot in standard tunings, um, predominantly like a C standard tuning. And I have, uh, in my uh, my other band, Throttle Rod, it's a lot of drop tunings. Um, there are some standard, but but not as much. So it was kind of a new thing, me remembering how to play in standard. And I tuned my guitar and just kind of wrote that, that very beginning riff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't even sure we were going to use it. I was, it was almost a joke. Like, are we a metal band or are we, or what, what exactly are we? And then without even saying anything, they, the guys just busted in and, and just played a different beat, different feel for it. And, and I, and for a long time, like I'm a big Melvin's fan and I, and I love how they're, they're sort of the pros at not doing a chorus and I, I kind of always waited for the right song to not have a chorus, and this was that song. So it, it came together pretty quick. But <laughs> uh, just thinking uh, and trying to think in a standard tuning for the first time in a while, and really with two guitar players in mind, I'm mm-hmm. um, trying to find parts and and yeah. Okay, silly question. I know it's a little late. Song's already written, but what if you stayed in a drop tuning and he stayed in a standard tuning, and you just did different chord phrasings? Mm-hmm. Um, we have talked about that as recently as yesterday. All right. Because right now that I do have, I have a drop tuning in one song that's on the album and he, and he does not. And, uh, and I said, look, I don't want to switch guitars for one song. I'm going to have to transpose some of this. <laughs> somehow. Yeah. So yeah, we might do that. Okay. Very cool. Now, lyrically to that, then change what he's is about. What is he's? <laughs> What is he? It's kind of a joke. Uh, what's the plural <laughs> versus? I don't know. Uh, he's, he's. It's, a flock yeah, of he's. Everybody knows that. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, lyrically, it was just sort of, I don't know, whether it's a, uh, a job or friends. We've all got people that like to kind of control the information and and hold the carrot and always kind of make, make you beholden to them, I guess, is sort of what that is. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Is that a theme that touches across the entire album or is it just like one song on its own? Um, it's maybe it's sort of one song on its own, but I'd say there there is a theme that's sort of related across the album, which is really about communication. And um, and I think that's in no small part impacted by the whole pandemic and being cooped up inside. And and then you've got people just online, just fighting and i don't know it's just it's just been a mess in so many different ways uh-huh. it's, it's i think a lot of that crept into the the lyrics how could it how could it not we're all a part of this experience yeah yeah for sure you know yeah the internet is a funny thing i uh, i credit it for almost destroying us this last 15 months absolutely <laughs> yeah 
Wow. Cool. I'm looking up the Magpie Cage recording studio right now, and obviously you guys didn't record there, right? It was just the mixing? Just the mixing, yeah. Okay. I had there before, and it's an amazing room. And Jay's an amazing person, too. Yeah. So I'm guessing you knew him from some previous stuff that you had been doing? Yeah, my last band, Throttle Ride, recorded our last album there. And it's uh, if you're a Jawbox fan, um, I think the, the their most famous album, For Your Own Special Sweetheart, was recorded there, in addition to a lot of other things, Coliseum and uh, Clutch and all kinds of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the list right now of people who have graced the halls, uh, such as yourself. And uh, very cool stuff. Actually, you're located right here. Bam, throttle rod. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was there something that you wanted to do? Now, this I'm coming into this completely blind, Matt, because I didn't prepare by listening to Throttle Rod before this, but were you looking to do something different with Shun? Um, I wouldn't say. There, there was no agenda or anything, but it's cool to have two guitar players again. Throttle Rod did in the very early days, but then we went to being a three-piece, which was fun and challenging in its own right, but having two guitars again is is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. That's pressure on, uh, on trying to always sing and play and do cool harmonies and things like that. <laughs> Tell the bass player to do more. Do more. Um, <laughs> okay, very cool. Because I, oftentimes I hear the, the opposite band. Guys are like in a dual guitar band and they're so excited to get in a three-piece because it's like they can they can breathe more. But now I'm hearing the opposite. So I'm just kind of curious. Maybe take us through... Um, some of the things that makes Shun, or at least this record, possible because of the two guitar players. I think just the, the tones, or Scott's tone is so different from mine. I have a kind of a one-trick pony JCM 800, and he's now playing a matchless and something else that mm-hmm. escapes me at the moment. Mm-hmm. But he plays smaller amps. He likes the 30-watt amps. And so he has a warmer, much cleaner tone than I have. And and I think just that overlap is, is really cool. And then we have a, a great bass player. Um, and and the drummer is just absolutely phenomenal as well. Yeah. Oh, no. Gear talk time. Maybe not. I'll try and stop myself from it. But as soon as you said matchless amps, I got, I got all kinds of excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a... Uh, what did he call it? A bucket list uh, amp. He just got it recently, and it's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a really cool thing about those, I don't want to call them little guys, but number one, they're definitely loud enough. I'm pretty sure you've noticed that, yeah. Um, and the other cool thing is if you start playing with uh, different speaker combinations, you can get those things to break up more or break up less, and, it, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, it's exactly what he's done uh, just in the last couple of weeks. He's got two new uh, orange cabinets that he says has, has made all the difference, and he's been in there rewiring and doing stuff and well well beyond my comprehension. <laughs> <laughs> Go in there, and it's like the scene from Back to the Future, Doc's running around. Weird science or something, yeah. Yeah, you just want to come in and play the guitar. You're like Marty. You just want to come in, play. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Cool. Now, the other track we want to chat about today was, and I'm saying it Machina, or I guess you could say Machina, um, which means machine in Latin or Spanish, I'm guessing. Right. It's, uh, it's yeah, Machina, kind of loosely um, after the, the famous Latin phrase, the 
what is it, Deus Ex Machina? Yeah, God of the Machine or God from the Machine or something like that. Yeah, kind of, kind of loosely. I'd say the name, <laughs> the name had a dual meaning. So, to be perfectly honest, this was something that Jeff and I had toyed with in the band we were in together just prior to this, and the name of that band was called Made of Machines. Right. It sort of had a name before it even had lyrics. Yeah. Um, and then the lyrics just sort of took on uh, really kind of what I said earlier about about a uh, lack of connection yet constant connection with everybody and you know everybody's kind of especially during quarantine felt like everyone was was really wanting to feel something so they just turned to fighting each other online and throwing <laughs> t- craving constant bombardment of sensationalism and all that. Yeah, a constant bom- <laughs> constant bombardment of sensationalism. That's that's a lyric line right there. If you can sing that, uh, was it vowel structure there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard a quote that because uh, you know video games were supposed to poison our minds, and we were all supposed to turn into violent maniacs because of video games. And those of us who grew up at that time said, "So what about Hitler? What video games did he play?" But, you know, nobody wanted to listen. So the the thing that I heard recently was that uh, social media has done to us what we thought video games were going to do to us. And I thought, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Man. OK, does that take us to the artwork? Is that what's going on in the artwork right now? Um, so so that guy that did the artwork, uh, I don't want to destroy his name, but he's a um uh, Alex, <laughs> Alex in Germany did that. And he, uh, he's done some really cool stuff. He's done some of the monster magnet stuff. He does a lot of the small stone stuff. Uh, the, a lot of the, a lot, or maybe even all of the Carmen burn stuff. Um, and I'd never worked with him before, but Scott from small stone, uh, introduced us and really wanted us to go with, with, uh, with Alex. And we had this idea going and we kind of bouncing ideas back and forth and then I panicked one day when I saw something online that was so close to what I had described to him. And so I called him and I was like, look, I, we can't use that. It's so close to this. And I, I sent him a link and he said, yeah, let's not do it. And he said, well, I, uh, I have some stuff that I've already done. And he sent me two options. And that was the first thing I saw. And that's exactly what I saw in it. And it was not something he did for this band. He, but I, to me, I saw, you know, uh, yelling at each other in communication and heads exploding. And that's exactly what I saw in that artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I kind of crossed my fingers and hoped the rest of the guys would like it. And they did. And uh, we're pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. I can see you doing that, Matt. I just see you like you just, you push that send button and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that over the <laughs> last year. <laughs> Alexander von Wieting. Yes. Or if you speak English, it's Alexander Von Weeding. Yeah. Cool. I have to look into this guy's uh, work. It's very, very cool stuff. Looks it. I can tell that he's actually drawn it. It's not just something that he put together digitally. Mm-hmm. Or painted. It looks drawn, 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 though. Yeah. Very cool. Now, uh, unless I misheard in the beginning, there was an EP that was in the works for small stone, but now I'm staring at nine tracks. So how did it go from an EP to a full blown album? Unless I've misheard that. 
Yeah, no, so it was six songs okay. at first. And then Smallstone said, I would like to put this out if you do three more. And that would, right. the idea was that would get it past the kind of the 40 minute mark, which it did. We came in just over 40 minutes, which was, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> see, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to that finger crossing, baby. Okay. Kind of a weird one. Because you mentioned that they're, uh, a concept loosely around like communication and the mishaps uh, that have happened over the last say 15 months. Is there more of a storyline concept? Like, is there a protagonist and is there an arc to the story? I don't think so. It's just observations and feelings. There there were just a lot of, it's a lot of that this past year, Mm -hmm. last several years, especially in this country with political climate and everything it's just been uh it's just been wild and we're just observing Mm -hmm. and yeah so yeah (laughs) (laughs) i I don't want to sound like we take ourselves all that seriously that's the that's (laughs) uh, kind of hesitating there Mm -hmm. we have a lot of we definitely don't take ourselves too seriously but yeah uh, we take music seriously for sure but Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, speaking of observing, I'm only observing from the other side of the border, but it definitely seems like there's been some, uh, what will say, interesting times the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got friends on, uh, quote unquote, both side of the aisles that hate each other now. And, you know, friendships have been lost over all, all this stuff. And it's just, I don't know, tired oh. of it. Yeah. You got to you got to shun that stuff, man. Exactly, man. <laughs> now, speaking of which, I have here that the name was actually inspired by a Bruce Lee quote. Yeah, loosely, yeah. Yeah, so there was some quote about uh, adopting what is, you know, what's useful and rejecting what's, uh, what's not or what's useless and adding you know, what's your own. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember exactly. Um, but it was our, our drummer was outside and he was thinking about this and he kind of pitched the idea and we all liked it. Uh, but again, I don't want anybody to think that we're taking ourselves that seriously with this. It was really as much of we couldn't agree on anything else was the uh, <laughs> <laughs> was where we landed on that. Um Wow. So you guys were in a wooden house near enemies, completely undone at most, sleepwalking but running once again at the Makina with a flock of heese. And you just thought, screw it, guys. Let's watch some Bruce Lee. Once again. <laughs> once again. <laughs> that's that's amazing. <laughs> well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. As soon as I saw Bruce Lee, because I do Kung Fu myself, obviously, Bruce Lee is, he's, you know, it's Almost crazy to think that that was, what, 40 years ago, 50 years ago now? That if he were still alive, he'd be like 80? Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy to think about. You know, he kind of almost died at the peak of his legacy, maybe. He probably mm-hmm. could have gone a little bit further. Um, but uh, still to this day, no matter how many martial artists have come since then, he's still the guy. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I saw Bruce Lee, I kind of, you know, peaked up a little bit. Like, ooh. This is a martial arts band. No, it's not. Want want. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it could be. We can pretend. Mm-hmm. We can start. <laughs> That's right. Cool. All right. 
Well, Matt, is there anything that I missed? We today we chatted about all sorts of things. We chatted about uh, the artwork. We chatted about uh, the flock of peace. We chatted about uh, the Makina. We chatted about the album Shun, the band name Shun, Bruce Lee. Um, we chatted about matchless amps writing in a pandemic with text messages and smoke signals and how you recorded guitars with a boot and how that is the secret sauce. I'm also guessing that the microphone was probably off axis on an angle too, right? Who knows? The the door was shut, so I don't know. <laughs> we don't talk about what goes on behind closed doors. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Did I miss anything, Matt? Um, the only other thing that I'll add is we we have a video coming out that I just got a copy of last night. So by the time this airs, hopefully the video for Sleepwalking is out. Cool. I'm going to make a note about that so that okay. when this does air and I'm making the show notes, I can put a link to the music video in the show notes. So everybody in podcast land, wherever you're listening, Spotify, or uh, if you're watching on YouTube, then go ahead and go to the show notes, click on the link, and you'll be taken to YouTube to watch the music video of, oh. yeah, Sombulance. Is that what it's, the official name for sleepwalking? Sombulance? Sombulance? Uh, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Is it? I don't know why I'm taking up the time out of your interview to do this. I apologize. That's good. Now I'm just somebody on the somebody on the internet somewhere. Speaking of the internet, is probably telling me, um, word sleepwalking word sleepwalking real word. Is there a real real word real word sleepwalking real word somnambulism? Somnambulism. There it is. Or not okay. or noctambulism. Yeah, that doesn't maybe it doesn't have the same ring as uh, sleepwalking, but yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, is a phenomenon of combined sleep and wakefulness. It is actually classified as a sleep disorder belonging to the parasomnia family. All right. Uh huh. Knowing's half the battle. It sure is. And then there's a, to describe it, there's a picture, like a painting of a really creepy girl in a white nightgown. And I'm, I'm going to be sleepwalking after seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, Matt, thank you so much for coming on to the Rock and Roll Podcast today. Hey, thanks so much for having me.